0: Consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com.
1: Okay, stand by. Broadcasting from the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey,
2: I'm Matt Bassford. And I'm Doug Parker. Check out our cruise news at CruiseRadio.net.
0: On this show, we'll have listener Dr. Chris with us from California, reviewing his recent cruise aboard Holland America's Mazdam on a seven-night Canada-New England sailing.
2: He'll review the ships, the port of calls, which are better than one might think. Also, TripInsurance.com is at it again, giving away another five grand to our cruise radio listeners. Yeah, Dan Skilkin, CEO of TripInsurance.com, will be joining us to give us all the details.
0: Before we get to Stuart Shearer on the Cruise Guy, I just want to remember and acknowledge... The first American woman in space, Sally Ride. She died this week after a 17-month battle against pancreatic cancer.
2: Yeah, and for those who didn't know, she was the godmother of Carnival Glory. She actually christened it in 2003.
0: An amazing woman and a great American. She died at the age of 61. Now, Stuart's here on The Cruise Guy. Hello, Stuart.
1: Hey, Matt. Hey, Doug. And uh, greetings from Orlando. Let's get
2: right to this. Princess Cruises announced last week some more details on their upcoming Royal Princess. What was the uh, the big reveal?
1: Well, the uh, ship is still on schedule to debut in uh, June of 2013, so that's exciting. Uh, It'll still be the largest Princess ship ever built, which is even more exciting. But to even top that off, they're going to have a jogging track, And a spa, just like many of the other ships. But what's really unusual is uh, they're going to have a portable batting cage Mm -hmm. and a laser shooting range, which would certainly be a first aboard any cruise ship. But it'll certainly be interesting to see, you know, to read more details for those uh, gun enthusiasts.
2: Now, this is going to be a two deck sports central kind of thing. Is this going to be like the Carnival uh, Magic and Carnival Breezes Sports
1: Square kind of? Well it's not going to be anything like what we saw in Carnival Breeze and what Carnival Magic has with the ropes course but you know from what it sounds like I mean the the there's going to be a not a full court but it's going to look like a there's going to be a two-gold basketball court which they'll be able to use multi-purpose like you know several other ships do the uh, the running track will be uh, up above I mean it looks it looks pretty amazing I mean they you know there's certainly going to be more to more you know uh, more details that are going to come out about how incredible uh, the ship is. Uh, it really looks like uh, a lot of fun, and certainly there's going to be some new innovations.
0: All right, passengers aboard the classic international cruises Athena are suing because of rough weather. And one person did actually die during this 24
1: night sailing.
0: What's interesting about all this is it all happened six years ago. What do you know, Stuart?
1: Well, we're not hearing much, and it sounds like another one of these uh, ridiculous lawsuits. I'm interested to know if the statute of limitations uh, ran out, but you can't fault the cruise line for bad weather. The yeah. person that died fell down the stairs. Oh, so you know it's ter- it's a tragedy that 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 anyone was hurt, but it was six years ago. Yeah. Hmm. And you know, should this person have been you know, walking around? We don't know the circumstances, but you know, but essentially, from the, the, what the lawsuit states, they're complaining about bad weather. I mean, give me a break.
2: Yeah. Well, this happened last Thursday. A tour bus was hauling people from a Royal Caribbean excursion, and it crashed in Saint Martin. What are you hearing?
1: It's unfortunate. Royal Caribbean, of course, is doing everything they can. The good news is uh, nobody was really hurt, and uh, shit happens. Yeah. and uh, and life goes on. It's it's, it's unfortunate, but it's certainly not dissuading anyone from taking shore excursions. It it does happen. That's why they're called accidents.
0: We briefly touched on this before, but the Australian billionaire has just released the plans of his replica of Titanic called Titanic 2, set to sail in late 2016. What are your thoughts on rebuilding this piece of history for commercial use?
1: Well, I think it's absurd. I mean, this guy, uh, you know, should, would, would be better off donating the, uh, you know, the, a billion dollars to a myriad of charities who could actually use the, and put the money to good use because this guy seems to be off his rocker. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's a colossal waste of money. No one cares, you know, to sit and, and you know, look, there's been a hundred years of advancement in ship design. This was a 46,000 ton ship. It's a hundred years old, and it's 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 going to be a bomb. Is this guy starting I mean, his
2: own cruise line, or is it, is it going to be a charter ship, or what?
1: No, he wants he thinks that people are going to want to sail on this, and you know, past the the Titanic enthusiasts. I mean, this this company is going to go down uh, probably just as fast as the ship did. Sure. The novelty is going to wear off. These cabins were tiny. The bathrooms were down the hall, and no one's going to want to sail on it. <laughs> You're going to have one sailing or two sailings of these people that are going to be able to go, wow, this is, this is kind of like what the Titanic looked like back then. And then the rest of us are going to go, whoopee, freaking do.
2: So at the end of the day, it looks like Venice is supporting the cruise business. Now, the folks who are against it, were these people like the noisemakers
1: in Charleston? The, these are uh, the, the fringe rogue uh, element uh, environmentalists. And, you know, we can't pay you know too much attention to people like this. I, I can tell you, look, the, the cruise industry is very concerned about the communities that it visits, especially one with such historic significance as Venice. Uh, in the last month and a half, I've sailed into Venice. I've had the fortune; I've been fortunate to sail into Venice twice, and I can tell you that one, the ships are very conscious of their their wakes. They're nowhere near. Uh, you know, I mean, they're about as far away from St. Mark's Square as they're uh, entering the the, the canal. And, and the in and the, and the basin there in Venice and they're they're very uh, uh, respectful of, of the boats but you know when you're talking about the you know the ships are not like within 10 feet they're they're, they're several hundred feet off off the uh, you know the, the, the waterway there off, off the, the you know St Mark Square for example and and they're very sensitive there's no way they're going to want to do anything to disrupt it and I can tell you as you know when I got off in Venice Doug and you know you guys were, we were actually on a gondola uh, around midnight as you guys sailed out on Carnival Breeze. It was a fantastic sight to see this moving 20-story building. And for anyone to essentially what what has really been minimalized, the, the significant importance of the 2 million people that these cruise ships bring into Venice each year in and out, you, you have to think of the, the significant importance, and you have these um, – Buffoons in Venice who have no idea what they're talking about, who think that the passengers are not spending any money in Venice, uh, other than maybe a cup of coffee, is completely absurd. I mean, these ships are bringing in at least a million dollars every time these ships dock, and they're bringing in you know, people are uh, you know eating in the restaurants. The ships are being provisioned. They're, they're buying uh, a, myri- a multitude of, of goods and services from the shops. It's just ridiculous. And it's so, it's so amazing And to see the amount of people that gather on the shore to watch the ships as they sail by. I mean, it would be such a waste to move them uh, out of that area uh, rather than trying to find a peaceful coexistence. But uh, the, the ships are very, very sensitive and it would really be a disservice.
0: Stuart on the Cruise Guy, we always appreciate your journalistic fire.
1: Well, it is a pleasure, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys soon. This is Cruise Radio. For
0: over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying.
3: I've
4: been collecting with Park West five, six years now
0: tripinsurance.com tripinsurance.com recently held the conquer the world sweepstakes to give travelers a chance to win a five thousand dollar cash prize for a dream vacation trip to anywhere they choose we wanted to bring back dan skilkin their president to tell us about the winner hello dan
3: thanks matt hi uh and i appreciate you having me back on cruise radio absolutely who's the winner uh, Rhonda Gorman of Rockford, Illinois. Rockford is a is a town about an hour outside of Chicago. She was our grand prize winner. She got my email that she won late one night and the next morning at the breakfast table she told her kids that they had won $5,000 in cash to take a dream trip. That's awesome. <laughs> her 15-year-old uh, is a major Harry Potter fan so the family decided that they would take a magical trip to England and Scotland to see the sites where Harry Potter was filmed. I love it.
0: Of course, we were hoping a, a crew Cruise radio listener would have won.
3: Well, so many people wrote in to tell us about their dream vacations that we decided we should give cruise radio listeners another chance to win. Perfect. Conquer the World 2 kicked off on July 16th, and we're going to run it until August 27th. Again, we're going to award $5,000 in cash to the grand prize winner, and 50 second prize winners will also receive our ultimate travel duffel bag. So you can enter the sweepstakes on Facebook or Twitter.
0: And Dan, what's the secret to winning?
3: Well, make sure you invite your friends on Facebook to enter. Every friend that enters the contest from your invitation, you get an additional chance to win. You can also get an extra chance to win if you enter the contest from your Twitter account.
0: Awesome. Very good. Looking forward to this. President of TripInsurance.com, Dan Skilkin, thanks so much for uh, giving us all the
3: scoop. Matt, uh, good luck to everybody in the Conquer the World sweepstakes, and have a wonderful summer.
0: Out of Southern California, we are very happy to have listener with us, Dr. Chris Lapine Christensen. Thanks for being on Cruise Radio.
4: Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, very good. Night and uh, you're, what, what part of Southern California are you in? Uh, San Diego. Lovely. Now, recently you took a seven-night cruise uh, from Montreal to Boston. I did. On Holland America's Mazdam. Correct. Uh, was this your first time on Holland America? Third time. First time on the Mazdam? Correct. What would you uh, think of embarkation? Was the process smooth?
4: It was very smooth. Uh, We were lucky to be close to the old Montreal in the hotel. We stayed at pre-cruise, so it was maybe a five-minute drive. We could have probably walked if we didn't have luggage and a five-year-old with us, but (laughs) terminal was like an airport. It had an upper level for arrivals, a lower level for departures, so the traffic was very well regulated.
0: Very nice. And what were your first impressions of the ship once you got right on there?
4: You know, I was a little hesitant, to be honest, because uh, I've only been on one ship that was this small before, and that was my very first cruise back in the 90s. So I wasn't sure how I'd handle a ship smaller than about 80,000 gross registered tons, but she was very nice. Um, clientele was a little bit older, given the time of year in the um, yeah. itinerary, um, but the ship was nicely furnished. I couldn't have guessed that she was as old as she was. Yeah. Um, I was quite impressed. The only thing that threw me off was they didn't have a center stairwell because of the smaller size, so I kept going to the front when I should have gone on the back or vice right. versa.
0: Were you able to go straight to your staterooms when you got on board?
4: We were, which was a good thing because one thing they did do that was different is they um, not only gave my son an armband to indicate his muster station in case he was separated from us, but they gave us his uh, child's life vest. Oh, cool. So, That was definitely something I didn't want to have to carry around if I didn't have to.
0: (laughs) And what did you think of the cabins?
4: Cabin was great. Uh, We had an inside since it was a port-intensive itinerary, so we couldn't really justify the added expense for um, the higher category cabins. Um, It was a good size, maybe 180 square feet, um, lots of storage, three or four closets along the inner hallway. Mm -hmm. Um, It was good overall.
0: So you unpack, relax a little bit in the cabin, then you probably want to go get something to eat, maybe, or explore the ship. Uh, What were the public areas like, you know, the Lido deck and uh, various areas?
4: They were much like your traditional... Uh, cruise ship. There is no grand atrium,
2: yeah.
4: but, um, you know, I had your traditional Lido with a mid-deck pool. Uh, we pretty much hit that right away. My five-year-old wanted to hit the pool. Yeah. Um, we wandered through the Lido to get some ice cream. We had a late breakfast, so we weren't uh, interested in eating. I was actually surprised that it didn't seem that congested in the Lido when we went through there. I mm. was expecting it to be super packed with everyone coming on board. It was very tame, um, the Howl Cats, the kind of house band, was playing by the pool. Uh, we toured around a bit, checked out Club Hal, which was surprisingly awesome. Um, big screen TVs, Nintendo, or sorry, not Nintendo's, uh, Microsoft Xboxes. I mean, a kid's dream. It yeah. was the best kids' club I've seen outside of Disney.
0: How's the food? Uh, you know, like you said you weren't hungry because you had a late breakfast, but. Uh, um let me first start with the Lido D- Dining, you know, in, in those public areas uh, or the, uh, with that dining. How was that food?
4: The dining in the Lido was good. It pretty much replicated what they offered in the dining room for lunch or dinner. Mm-hmm. They also had a poolside um, grill, I guess you would call it, where they had like hot dogs, hamburgers, uh, mm-hmm. chicken sandwiches. Right. The quality was good. I mean, it was convenient. It was uh, uh, quick. Um, I-, I prefer to be served, but in a pinch, it made uh quick dinner one day and a couple of quick lunches another day.
0: And moving on to dinner, how was uh, the dining room?
4: Uh, The dining room was very good. Um, I would say it was better than our last experience on Holland America. I think the smaller ship and not being a holiday sailing helped. We had um, anytime dining, so we didn't have a set time. We would show up and only one night we had a wait. And when we waited, it was maybe for 10 minutes at the most, 15 at the longest wait, Um, Service was very quick. We were out of there in an hour, hour and a half most nights. Um, Food was good. Seafood was exceptional. Beef was good, not excellent. but.
0: Were they serving fillets? uh,
4: They were serving a a New York strip Mm. and um, what they called a filet mignon, but it was very thin for a filet mignon.
0: Were you able to enjoy the specialty uh, dining, uh, the Pinnacle Grill?
4: We did do the Pinnacle Grill. We've done This was the second time. We did it once on the Oosterdam, skipped it the second time we were on the Oosterdam, and then decided to try it again on our uh, final night on board. Um, it was pleasant. I think the entrees are worth the price of admission. Um, the desserts and the appetizers were fair. I, I If you like steak, though, um, their bone-in ribeye is to die for. Yeah. Uh, my wife's not a beef eater, but she okay. uh, nearly fell in she, love with their seafood. She polished that off.
0: What is that extra charge, that extra cost, if I may ask?
4: Uh, it's $25. All right.
0: Did you catch any entertainment?
4: We did. Um, we, I, we went to the Welcome Aboard show. I went to actually all the shows. My wife's not that big into the uh, production shows. But for a smaller ship, I was actually surprised how well they did with the limited space. They had about four uh, main singers, two dancers, and what was really exceptional about this um, entertainment lineup is their Welcome Aboard show really showcased what entertainment was available on the ship. It was like a variety show, and it had the adagio strings It included the uh, musician from the piano bar, the duet, and one of the other lounges. So it really showcased what you could look forward to for the rest of the week if that was your entertainment choice only thing missing in entertainment i would say from previous holland america cruises was i didn't see any game shows on board you know the newlywed not so newlywed game uh, liars club that kind of
2: stuff now this was a very um port intensive itinerary you did like five ports of call which you started in montreal um did you get to spend any time in montreal before you started your sailing
4: we did. We actually drew, uh, We flew into Boston and drove up to Montreal oh, because nice. the airfare was a lot cheaper that way, and we wanted to spend time in Boston anyway, so we decided to do it pre-cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, it saved us probably $800 for the three of us, and the car rental was under $200, including the fuel charges. So that was definitely the way to go for us. It was a scenic drive. Mm-hmm. It let us hit Ben and Jerry's on the way up. Nice. Uh, we got to explore both Boston and Montreal. Montreal's great. It's a walking city. If you don't want to walk, you can grab a bus like every 10 minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. You can take the subway. Old Montreal's fabulous, very historic. You got Notre Dame. Um, you have the whole bayfront there.
2: If you had to tell the listeners one, like, do not miss in Montreal, what would it be?
4: I would say if you haven't been to Europe before, mm-hmm. uh, Mon- uh, Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. You know, you get that European Grand Cathedral, um, and I know you can do this in any city, but the horse-drawn carriages were amazing, just going over those cobblestone streets and the, the – um, I don't know what you would call them – the drivers, the owners – um, are really family-friendly. Mm-hmm. He actually invited my son up and taught him how to drive the carriage. And nice. for a five-year-old, that was the highlight of his trip. You should see the pictures with this huge smile on his face.
2: Your next port of call was Quebec City. Um, Correct. What's What uh, do not miss there?
4: I would go up to the top. I don't remember what the hotel's called, but the upper part of the city. Um, we went there via the funicular.
2: The Frontau Chateau or something like that, right? Yeah, I think yeah, that's it. It's like it, a castle.
4: Yeah. Right, and then there's the old French um, fortress up there. And those are very interesting. And even walking up to the funicular, it feels like you're in an old um, European town. Lots of great little shopping, lots of great little restaurants. Um, You don't have to go far from the ship to see a lot.
0: And next was Charlottetown.
4: We did a day cruising St. Lawrence River and then hit Charlottetown. How was that? It was good. Uh, We rented a car which was a great way to explore the island uh, with the fuel charge. It was $58 for, for three do- three people. That was an amazing deal. Um, so we drove around the island, saw the Confederation Bridge, Anne of Green Gables. We hit an ice cream factory called Cow's Creamery. We did the red, red dirt fries with the gravy and the curds mm-hmm. um, from a food truck. We also re Uh, supplied ourselves with money from an ATM. And if I could recommend a tip, it would be hit the ATMs when you're in port. The currency exchange is great. And then the last night before your US port, exchange the money on board back to US because you won't have to pay those high um, exchange fees that you would at the airport.
0: And you hit Sydney next.
4: We did. Also rented a car. It was kind of a rainy day. So the The scenic drive wasn't nearly as scenic as it could have been. So we mostly just kind of circumnavigated Sydney, took a barge across one of the rivers to come back around and then shop before we returned the car. At this Um, point,
0: are these these cities in Canada starting to look alike or or do they all kind of stand out and have their own unique uh, individual flair?
4: they all stood out and had their own individual flair it was uh, surprising even like sydney and halifax being so close how different um they looked. just the the scenery the um, and kind of the native plants and whatnot it was it was very different sydney was interesting because you could the port building was very nice it has the giant fiddle out front or mm-hmm. I don't know my musical instrument, so I'll call it a fiddle. I'm not <laughs> sure what it actually is, but they um, have this big room—I guess you would call it—like it almost like an exhibit hall where they bring in local um, arts and crafts people. So there's a lot of great shopping just there at the terminal, and the prices were amazing for a, uh, for handcrafted goods. Everything from Sydney petrified wood to just artisans who carve things out of wood, like wooden. Uh, Christmas ornaments, or they carve things out of the local shells.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So the shopping was great right at the port, but I would definitely recommend getting out on a clear day. I'm told that the scenery is much like uh, driving um, outside of Carmel, California, kind of down the coast. It's very scenic. Nice.
2: Your next port of call was Halifax, and I love Halifax. I was just there last week, and like between the, the Titanic history there, the uh, explosion of 1917, um, that awesome boardwalk right around, there's just so much stuff to do there, the fort that overlooks the city. Uh, what would you recommend?
4: Um, we went to Peggy's Cove, so we rented yet again another car uh-huh. and drove out to Peggy's Cove. Um, this was the only time we didn't take my son with us. He was so wanting to be at Club Hal, that we finally gave in and let him go to Club Hell for the <laughs> gotcha. day. Um, but we stopped at the Swiss Air Memorial. Um, mm-hmm. We did start at the cemetery with the passengers from Titanic. Right. Um, even though that's somewhat ironic being a cruise passenger. Yourself,
2: yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then we drove out to Peggy's Cove. It's about 45-minute drive. On the way, we saw the Swiss Air Memorial. Uh, went out and viewed the lighthouse and whatnot. And then on the way back, there's a little place called ryer lobsters limited it's basically a it looks like a garage or a warehouse and they're a distributor of lobsters so you can get whole steam lobsters for under probably eight dollars a pound and that's all they do it's just lobster you don't expect rice or beans or bread or anything but if you want to uh mac out on lobster that's the place to stop on your way back
0: and uh, the last point before you came back to boston was bar harbor
4: Yes. This is the port I was most hesitant about, only because it was our only tender port. Um, And we had a clear U.S. Customs on board, so I was kind of dreading that, but I was actually surprised at how efficiently they processed everyone through customs. They had everyone come out from the entertainers to the kids' club staff uh, to help process people, to get them in line to meet with the customs agents, and it was uh, painless. We got our little card to show that we went through customs, and we were able to hop on a tender, and we actually got ashore within an hour of leaving our cabin, probably less than that. Nice. So, yeah, it was great. I couldn't believe how efficient it was. Uh, there we did Ollie's Trolley, mm-hmm. um, which was a two-and-a-half-hour tour of Acadia National Park and the surrounding area. And then we shopped uh, downtown, did the, I think what they call a Bar Harbor special. It's a chowder, whole lobster, blueberry pie for around oh. 20 bucks. Oh, Wow. <laughs>
2: So your cruise ended up in Boston, and I was telling Matt this, and he didn't believe me, but Boston was one of the fastest disembarkation ports I've ever been to in over 60 cruises. Would you agree with me with that or no? We tend to hang in the cabin. Um, okay, so you didn't, you weren't rushing to get off the ship then. Yeah. I okay. would say it
4: was effi- when we got off, it was very efficient. And what I must say I like about their port is that their escalators are not steps, but they're like belts. So you can take your wheel on luggage really easily onto the... Yes. Conveyor, I guess you'd want to call it. Um, So people moved through very quickly. We didn't get off until a little after nine. Mm -hmm. So there was a bit of a bottleneck of people waiting for cabs. Uh. Uh, Luckily, we used a porter. It was worth the uh, five bucks and tip because they have their own cab line. Nice. Um, And it was raining, so that made it even more desirous to get out of the rain as fast as possible.
0: He is Dr. Chris Lapine Christensen out of san diego california thank you so much for sharing your experience with us we really appreciate it
4: thank you i appreciate it and keep up the good work with the podcast i enjoy it
0: all right that's gonna do it don't forget we've got an app take cruise radio with you wherever you go just search cruise radio live In your smartphone app store.
2: And stay abreast of all the cruise news by going to cruiseradio.net. Right there on the upper right-hand corner, there's a box. Put your email in there, and you'll be subscribed to our daily cruise news updates. From the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt
0: Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. This is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, Email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio.